0: all right guys the four agreements <clears throat> sorry i'm losing my voice the four agreements where can i put my phone all right i think this will work i think i lost my earbuds so uh, i don't know where they are Anyways, um, we're next time going to start on page 63, which is going to be the third agreement, chapter four, don't make assumptions, but today I'm starting at the break on page 56, went through 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, there's a blank page for page 62, um So I got a little distracted by part of this um which is you know I'm kind of glad that I did stop at the break last time but I got a little bit distracted um with this um I got a little bit distracted cuz there are some ideas that I don't know what I think about, but I'd rather kind of record without really taking too much time to, like, process my opinions about everything. Just, um... I don't know. This is a topic that's maybe, like, weird. It has nothing to do with this, but... A little bit off-topic, but... The other day, I was kind of thinking, you know uh what have i learned or what do i think that has not been part of myself being programmed um i don't remember how long i i feel like i've been thinking about that a little bit here and there for like the last week and it's like you know trying to find the origin i'm not really trying to but like trying to find the origin of um certain thoughts, or ways of kind of, like, going about doing things, um, that's something I'll probably try to get into at another time, but, um, yeah, some reason that kept coming to my mind while I was reading this, even though, you know, that's not necessarily what this was about, but, yeah, last time it the book talked about um the stuff about the mind having the ability to talk to itself and not you know like basically where that comes from if it's from gods if it's from something outside of ourselves uh something otherworldly uh and yeah, there was some other, there are a lot of topics last time, but um, this time I got a little stumped at part of it because there was an idea that came up that I wasn't really, um, I've never really heard. And so on page 56, it's like, don't take anything personally uh, because uh, by taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing. So, that's what it says right after the break on page 56. And then it goes into these other ideas. Um, saying that humans are addicted to suffering at different level, different levels, different degrees. And we support each other in maintaining these addictions. Humans agree to help each other suffer. And the part that got a little... Um, uh, kind of like a rare stream of thought uh. uh for me that I haven't gotten uh, I've never heard this before but like if you have the need to be abused this is on page 57 if you have the need to be abused you will find it easy to be abused by others likewise if you are with people who need to suffer something in you makes makes you abuse them so I don't know like I mean the book goes on to talk about more it's not it doesn't just stop there but it's like okay like I would say that I believe that we do to some extent I don't know to what extent like but to some percentage you know we can manifest things good or bad things um And it's kind of like, you know, the whole Schrodinger's cat theory of like, if a cat's in a box and somebody pronounces it dead, is it dead before you open the box? Or like, how do you know? Like, you know, so I do think that a lot of times we can put our energy forth to kind of bring something towards us But at the same time I don't know what percentage of things and I don't know if it's something that's easy to really see unless unless you kind of go back and reflect on everything um and maybe like do the math on it and see what the percentages are like but I really don't know like I when it comes to things like meditation like prayer like kind of like asking and you know vision boards and visualizing and all these types of things like I I don't really know what percentage of that um ends up in our laps you know like of the work that we do on that end and then there's a lot of unconscious stuff that you know we might be thinking about um the way I see abuse And maybe this is just my own understanding. I feel like if somebody's abusive to someone else, the person who's being abusive is at fault and the person who's being abusive is responsible for managing their own emotions, uh, managing their own mental and emotional health so that they can not abuse people. So even if it is somebody bringing it towards themselves or acting in a way that other people maybe don't like, um, I don't know. And there there are people, like, I've had friends before where, like, I've talked about this. Like, I've had friends that are kind of, like, nerdy and stuff like that. And there's, I had this one friend, a really close friend that maybe two or three people were, did kind of come to me and say, like, eh, that person's a little bit of an oddball. And I could see why people kind of, like, pick on them, or somebody, one of my classmates said that they kind of, like, disliked them and wanted to pick on that person. And, you know, there were things like that where I was kind of just, like, I don't really know what to say, like, you know like because it's like if I'm close to this person and I hear people saying that to me and I'm like well I know it exists that people just want to do bad towards other people just because of how they are if they're like geeky or something sometimes but it's kind of like that to me is weird to me that was always weird when I heard people say that and I'm kind of like wow like really because the person was nice, they were, like, never, like, wronging people, and they were nice and friendly to everyone, they were just kind of, like, odd, but once you got to know them, they were, like, really, there was nothing that you would be, like, oh, that's weird, but it's, like, nothing really, like, they weren't, like, cool, but it was kind of, like, like, we hung out for years, like, the, I never had a problem with them, like, we never had disagreements, really, like, we got along really good all the time, and I don't really know if there was, like, another person, I don't know, like, there, there was just, it was just confusing to me, um, why, why that person was, maybe, maybe, acting that way, like, like, why those people were acting that way, um, so maybe there is something about people, um, that kind of draws that to them, I mean, I can't say specifically if this friend of mine, um, needs to suffer, like, if they feel like they themselves need to suffer, like, I don't think that I would get that vibe from them but I don't really know like I've never like asked them about it but it is kind of odd to me that people can be kind of jerks for no real reason um or even voicing that they want to be jerks towards someone or understand why someone would be jerks towards someone if they didn't do anything wrong, like, that person was kind of, like, just geeky and wasn't really, like, doing anything, um, against other people. Just other people felt threatened by it in a way that they needed to, like, put that person down or something. And that's, I don't know, it kind of sickens me. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if I really feel that way about people. Um, but I guess there are a lot of people who do. Uh, So I don't really know. like, um, like, it's kind of weird to me, and I don't know. It's something I might not ever really understand, as well as, like, abuse and stuff like that. Like, I don't really think I fully have a grasp on why people are abusive. Um... I know a lot of times, you know, people with anger issues, irritability issues, it can be health issues, you know, like, mental or physical health, like, there are things with physical health that can make people like that, too, if it's, like, heart conditions, different levels of, like, problems with your blood can make you have, like, different, like, iron deficiencies and stuff like that, can make people, like, have issues... Um, there's definitely all kinds of stuff that can make someone, you know, have problems where they're not going to be able to, like, really control themselves. But then again, it's up to those people who are having those problems to get those problems fixed. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of weird with, like, abuse, like... Like, I've known abusive people in my life, and I've also worked with a lot of people who were clients of mine that experienced a lot of abuse, or were even currently experiencing abuse at the time when they were clients of mine. And I just, you know, I... I don't know. I am not a blame-the-victim type of person. I am definitely, like, the the blame-the-person who's throwing hands. Blame-the-person who's, you know financially abusing people blame the people who are you know um, emotionally abusing people blame the people who are you know initiating domestic violence like blame those people you know like uh blame the people who are beating their kids like that kind of stuff like I'm not for it like and I don't really know it's kind of like a touchy topic to really try to say um to say that you know um that someone who needs to suffer or has a desire to suffer or like an addiction to suffering draws that kind of to them uh or something in you makes you abuse them um I don't know that's I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I'm not saying I don't know, like, it's not true, but I I don't know. Like, I don't really know what I think about that. Like, I don't think it's true. Um, I don't think I really see it that way. Like, I do. I can kind of see how people can say, like, someone's drawing this to themselves, like, somebody's drawing this to you. Like, I would say I get that. I get somebody drawing something to you, to themselves, some kind of energy or some kind of experience to themselves. But I'm not saying that it's okay for the other person to act on it and be abusive. Um, Even if someone is drawing it to themselves, I don't think that someone should be abusive. So I don't really know. Like, that's a weird kind of topic that is something I'd probably have to circle back to. But um, that's kind of how I see it. Um, I don't know. I, I just... I don't really make excuses for abusive people. Like, it's, you know, if you're an adult and you're abusing people, it's your fault. Like, that's how I see it. Like, nobody can make you mad enough that you're going to do something against them. Like, unless someone else is abusing you and making you abuse them. But it's like, I think, um, yeah, people can always leave. If they feel like they have to be abusive, they can leave and go live by themselves, be alone, um, if they can't stop doing that, so, I don't know, um, uh, let me see, uh, I'm trying to see where I want to go next from there, like, because it explains it more, But I'm trying to find the place where it explained it more. Let's see. So I think page 58. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, page 58 in the middle says, If someone is not treating you with love and respect, it is a gift if they walk away from you. If that person doesn't walk away, you will surely endure many years of suffering with him or her. And that, you know, walking away is, like, temporary pain, but um, then you can make a clearer decision. Um, And it also talks about, you know, when people don't take things personally, their life is just better. They avoid anger, jealousy, envy, sadness. Um, Like... A lot of, I guess I would say, um, something I noticed with all the clients I met with was one thing that most people gravitated towards was their social relationships, whether that's with their kids or with their parents or with their classmates or with their colleagues or, you know, at work or just in the neighborhood, friends, um, one thing I noticed when I was working, you know, with clients was, um, something that, you know, was pretty interesting, because I was used to, um, having a life where most of the people I know work, most of the people I know work to support themselves, Um, maybe they're not all making a whole lot of money, but most of the people I know work. Um, it was a little different working with the clients I worked with because a lot of them, uh, couldn't work. At least at the time we were meeting with them, they would either have general relief, like temporarily, because they couldn't work because of their mental health, um, or they would have, um... Or they would have, um, like, Social Security. Like, they get, like, SSI or SSI and SSDI. But, I mean, they weren't, like, 65 or older. Like, they were basically... And they weren't, like, retired. They were basically unable to work because of uh, their pervasive symptoms. And so, uh... Yeah, a lot of people were on medications long-term. A lot of people had past history of um, psychological issues going on. A lot of it, I feel like, stemmed from poverty and, and trauma. That was kind of what I saw more than almost anything, is that there were people who were maybe 11 years old, 15 years old, 14 years old, 8 years old, that had had experiences because of growing up in poverty. And those experiences um, led to some form of trauma that was untreated. And a lot of times when these clients of mine, like everyone was at least 18 and up, but most of my clients were older than like, like some of my younger clients were in their 20s, but I did have some clients a little younger than that. But most of them were like, 30s and up like the majority of people weren't like 18 to like 30 like most of them were like much older um a lot of them were like my parents age some of them were like my age but usually there weren't people that were like too old and there weren't people who were pretty young as adults like they still weren't that young um so it was kind of different though talking to people in their 30s and I'm in my 30s or talking to people in their 40s. And, you know, most people I know in their 30s and 40s and 20s are like working and have jobs and are able to work because they don't have symptoms impeding them from working. And so one thing that I noticed is how the lifestyle was so different. Like it's not like rocket science. Like it's, you know, it's like if you're living off of money from the government. The government, unfortunately, doesn't give you that much money. Like, they're not giving you, like, so much money that you can make all these decisions, go on trips, you know. So it would be simple stuff where I would just be, like, you know, I take some days off. Like, usually in June, I would take days off for Pride. Um, And then usually later in the winter, you know, I would take days off for snowboarding. And my clients started getting to know that I snowboarded and like to go to the mountains like once or twice a year. Or so, um, at least, you know, and so they would kind of ask me about it. Like, how was your, how was your time? Like, how, how was it, you know, like, how was your, how was snowboarding and stuff? And it was something interesting cause it like after a while I started realizing, I was like, they can't go to the mountains. Like just taking a weekend even once a year to go to the mountains is not a relatable experience, you know. Or, you know, like there was a a, a gentleman I was working with who was like, probably maybe in his fifties, maybe in his late forties. I I really can't recall, but you know, I was just talking to him. Like after talking to him for like I I think I enrolled him, and we he was a client of mine for like over a year, and I want to say like maybe the second year in or third year in you know, we, ha- we weren't meeting all the time at this point, but he would come in for like updates or paperwork and stuff like that. And like, I would be the one doing his paperwork. And, you know, I came in and he was, um, I came in and he was, um, you know, we were just talking and I'm just kind of like, you know, casual conversation, like, I think maybe, let's say, like, the nurse was, like, yeah, just talk to him for a little bit, like, while, you know, we're waiting on this other thing, so, like, 10-15 minutes, like, pop in, check in, just, like, see what's what while he waits for his ride or whatever, and I was just kind of like, yeah, like, what are your goals, like, like, what kind of things do you feel like you're working towards that are within reach, and what kind of things you feel like you want but maybe they're not within reach and it was like some simple stuff like he was saying you know he wants to be able to you know live with his family you know live in his own apartment you know because like he was couch surfing in family's house and so it's like you know he felt like he didn't really have any privacy and you know he'd sleep on the couch and then you know he had like a, a teen that would like visit him like, for vacations, so, like, spring break or whatever, like, spring break, summer vacations and stuff, and, like, saying that the kid doesn't really want to visit him because the kid's becoming, like, a teen and, like, doesn't really like visiting because it's, like, now they both have to sleep in the living room of some other family member's house, and it was just kind of, like, it's not ideal, but it's, like, well, now my client has less space, And it's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, And, you know, people saying things like, you know, I want to go out and date. I'd like to meet someone and have someone to date. And realistically, it's like if you're living off of money that isn't enough to even pay for barely groceries, you can't rent a place where you have your own space. You're not going to get more money because if you get more money, they'll cancel the money that the government gives you. Uh, once you start getting over a certain amount and that amount over isn't a whole lot of money still so you'd have to be making like two three times that much money meaning that you'd have to be able to hold the job meaning that you couldn't be having symptoms flaring up all the time making it so you couldn't work and so it was this cycle and I was just like it was stuff like that where maybe I was I was blind to it at first in all honesty I just didn't really notice, you know, how much that would maybe impact the person. And I was trying to think, and I'm just like, you know, it's going to be really hard to be, you know, outgoing, upbeat, you know, when you're like couch surfing, can't get out of it. You know, if I had to couch surf on my folks, I'm like an aunt or uncle's couch and like living in their living room, you know, I'm like 50 years old, living in the living room, would like to go out on dates and meet people, but it's like with what money and I don't have a car. You know, it's like I can't I can't afford a car. I can't get to a place where I can even save enough money to get a car, really. Um you know, and the money coming in doesn't go that far. Like you need clothes, you need clean clothes, you need um You know, if you're living with someone, you're probably pitching in a little bit for their rent. Uh, People who had money for, like, housing assistance, like, they were a little on the uh, maybe luckier side. um, Because the people who had the money for the housing assistance, they were getting some kind of, you know, affordable housing. But it's, like, still, like, they weren't able to, like, afford things. Like, they couldn't take a trip even once a year or just go out go out to a bar on a weekend just because, or it's a three-day weekend, let's go out and, like, party a little while, like, there was none of that, like, there was no going out, um, there was none of that, and it's not like, okay, I just gotta stick it out this season till I get this better job, and then I can do this or that later on, there was none of that, it was like, this is just how it's gonna be, if I can't work, this is just how it's gonna be, and, I know myself I love going out like I talk about it all the time I love going out I love to party I like to go to raves I like to snowboard I like to have transportation to be able to go to the beach and visit my friends and get get takeout food and um even fast food on occasions even though I shouldn't be eating that I like to have a gym membership like there's stuff that I pay for that I'm like I can't imagine not being able to ever do that like I could see like okay, like, if I have to wait to go out, like, maybe once a month, or twice a month, like, that's kind of a lot, but I could maybe wait to do that, you know, versus, you know, not being able to wait, um, but I don't know, or, like, going out on the weekends, or whatever, um, I, I prefer to go out every weekend, that's just kind of how I am, um, and so yeah to just be like going out more um and stuff like that like I really like that so I can't imagine if I was financially limited to the point that I just couldn't just live how I want like it's not about spending money and stuff but I just I don't really like being in the house all day and it's like how many times can I go to the beach for free or go hiking for free or go, you know, walk around in the park, or walk around at the mall, and just not buy anything ever, like, no treats, no smoothies, no, you know, ice cream, no Subway, no nothing, just, like, never being able to buy anything, like, I really don't know, guys, like, I don't, I really don't know, like, I don't know if I would be able to, like, I think that would be kind of devastating for me, like, and I don't, I don't say that, like, people who aren't able to afford stuff that, like, it's not worth, you know, like, it's not a good quality life, but it's like, you like, you can still have a good quality life, but it it's, you know, it's got to be hard to look around and see people um saying things or being like, oh, like, yeah, I want to buy a Tesla, you know, I mean, if I wanted a Tesla, I could save up and eventually get one, you know what I mean? It's like... Maybe I'm not rolling in money, but, like, I could eventually save up to get things. Like, that's possible. Like, I could save up to move. I could get a better job. I could do those things. Like, it's possible to do them, you know? It's possible to get a job that I even don't like just because the pay is good and just pay for a bunch of stuff just because I want it, you know? It's possible, you know? Or go to a bunch of events or travel and stuff like that. Like, it's possible to make the money. I can't imagine if it wasn't possible to make the money. Um, cause even if someone starts driving Uber Eats or whatever, like if that money starts being seen in their account, their money is not going to, they're not going to get that money. And it takes in a lot of cases, I think 80, I think the number is 80% of cases for mental health SSI. It takes three years unless you're like super severe at that time or something. But I think it takes like three years, um, to get it. Um, unless you're like, you know, I think the doctor, the psychiatrist that I spoke to who I used to work with, um, who worked at the same clinic as me, he did, he worked for SSI cases and he told us that, you know, the way they judge it is can this person, stand at a table and fold towels for eight hours straight? Will the, will their symptoms get in the way of that job role? So most jobs, most people don't have physical and mental or physical or mental um, impediments, impediments to the point that they can not take a job like that, like, yes, you would be bored out of your mind, maybe it would be fun if the environment was fun, but it's, like, you'd be bored out of your mind, it's not, like, fun, you know, like, I don't think I could motivate myself to get up and fold towels for minimum wage or less than minimum wage, like, I don't, I don't think I could do that, but it's, like, you know, it's a job, so it's kind of, like, could I do it? I mean, yeah, technically, I could do it, um, could I do it I don't really know like technically I could do it right like it's not something that's gonna like completely keep me from doing what I wanted to do um but yeah a lot of people don't meet the criteria for that it's like are you gonna need to take breaks like the the questions are like do you need to take breaks like how much percent of the time of of, I don't know if, I can't remember off the top of my head, like, let's say, like, within an hour of the shift, how many breaks do you need, you know, do you need a break every four hours, every two hours, every one hour, every, like, 30 minutes, every 15 minutes, you know, like, how many days off in a week or in a month do you need to take, like, do you need to take off three days every week, you know, if it's a job like that, where it's, like, you're only able to work in, 30 minute increments before you need a 30 minute break. And then you're only able to work like every other day. It's like, okay, like that is, you know, it would be a lot to consider getting hired. Like, of course, jobs aren't supposed to discriminate, people aren't going to discriminate, but well, they shouldn't. But, you know, now there are a lot of job forms where I've seen, you know, you can talk about your veteran status, protected veteran status, you can talk about your uh, disability status. They give you the option to not talk about it, but they put that on there um, for a lot of the applications too. Um, whereas I feel like when I was younger, that wasn't on the applications, but nowadays it's on the applications. So yeah, it's it's hard to think about, but the reason why I bring that up is, you know, like it's kind of easy for me to say like you know like oh like don't think negative about this or like you know don't be sad or you know like don't hold a grudge or don't you know like anytime you're taking something personal it's gonna lead to like sadness and things like that but I'm like I think there are other factors too like I'm not saying that the book doesn't mention that there are other factors but I'm just saying like from the psych perspective of working with people, uh, who were, uh, in poverty, like, I feel like, who are still in poverty as well, um, because of their mental health, mostly, um, like, if they were able to work full shifts, they would be able to kind of get, get, um, jobs where they could, you know, support themselves, but because they can't, you know, they have to have, they have to rely on money from the government, that's not enough for them to, be able to kind of have a splurge here and there um and people will judge that people will say you know like oh people who get that money aren't supposed to have it or a lot of people fake it I'm like dude I would I would challenge almost anybody who can work and not trying to get paid under the table or do some other kind of thing I would challenge almost anybody who can work to try to fake getting SSI I don't know. It might be different. But in California, it's like if you're willing to take three years of not working just to get a little bit of money every month, like only once it was like maybe a little around 2020, 2021 in San Diego, I started I started seeing clients getting closer to like $1,000 a month, maybe $1,400 a month. That's a month. I mean, in San Diego, you can't even hardly afford uh, like a one-bedroom apartment is going to cost close to two thousand dollars you know on a good day uh 1500 for a studio on a good day like I've seen studios ranging into two thousand dollars and one-bedroom apartments like 2200 or something like that like it's really hard to find an apartment just a private apartment to yourself for 1500 dollars and most people don't even get for SSI total, meaning that they would not qualify, um, and so, yeah, $1,500, um, and that's a lot of money, $1,500 is a whole lot of money, um, I think, Yeah, fifteen hundred is a whole heck of a lot of money, and it's not really, um, like I don't know, it's not like I don't know. Like, I don't like you can't really make that much more than that. If you were to get a job on top of getting SSI and if you were lucky enough to get fifteen hundred dollars a month, then that means that you're unlucky enough to have severe enough issues to get you fifteen hundred dollars a month. Like, I know people who were awarded eight hundred dollars a month, nine hundred dollars a month, like trying to live off that much money. That's before rent. Like, you can't even rent a place. You can barely even rent a bedroom for $1,000. Like, you know, maybe like $900 if you're lucky. Like, when I was sharing a place with people, I was paying under 800 And I don't know anybody that was paying under 800 but me. I was the only person I knew who was sharing, you know, either a house or an apartment, just renting a private room, paying under $800. Like everyone I knew was paying 900 something, 1500, 1200 a month, like 1000 a month just to rent a room. And then everyone I knew who had apartments, you know, I think 1700 was the cheapest studio that I knew someone was paying for. And most people I know are paying over 1500 a lot of people are even paying over 2,000 for an apartment in San Diego. So I know San Diego is not the cheapest place on earth. So it's kind of hard to compare to other cities and other states. But I mean, if you see the amount of money that people get, it's like, I know people say, oh, people who get disability are like faking it. It's like, yeah, if you have to fake it for three years to get $800 a month, you know, I mean, like, and they're like, oh, they're lazy. They're just going to sit there and collect their money. It's like, okay, if that's what you want to do, if you want to get limited financially to collect $800 a month so you could sit home and watch TV, I don't really think most people are doing that. Most people, after, like, a year, are going to be like, all right, just put me to work. Like, I'm, like, screw this. Like, I don't need it anymore. Like, you know, most people aren't going to fake, you know, needing that money. Because it's not like you can get $800 and then make additional like couple thousand dollars like you're stuck with that amount of money and can maybe make a few hundred more but you're not making like thousands of dollars more like you're not make you're not able to make a livable wage enough to like afford an apartment and stuff you're not able to make like three thousand dollars a month like you're gonna be limited to stay at less and so because if you start making more then they're gonna basically make it so that you can't get that money and then you'll have to live off of your own income and to try to get the money reinstated again reapply and all that that's a whole process of its own to appeal things and so it's a mess like it's not it's not easy and I don't I don't think that it's easy for people to be happy when they're not financially free um and when they're so limited to the point where they can't even like do things other than just stay home all day if you have to just stay home all day it's like you know I do think that people who have like uh severe symptoms could benefit from being able to get out more and do more stuff and like have fun experiences you know like but they can't and so it's kind of like I don't really know. Like I I feel like I'm like ranting about it cuz you know, I am kind of passionate about it, but you know, I have definitely seen how it is for people and yeah, I'm not used to having a lot of friends that can't afford a lot of things. Like some can afford more than others, but I'm not really used to having a lot of friends that aren't working and things like that like I've I've known some people who were homeless they were like living in a church and really had no money and were trying to get out of that situation and it took a few years but um yeah like I had to cut ties with those people just because they were just a little too dysfunctional for my liking like they were dramatic and I mean, it was just too much for me to deal with. They lied about stuff all the time and, you know, they would try to like, you know, like, I don't know. They weren't nice. They weren't considerate of me. Like they just like saw that they thought that I had stuff and, you know, just kind of expected a lot. And I was just kind of like, you know, I tried to be nice, but it was, I was trying to help these people at a time when I was also struggling but I was just, like, really into community service like that. So I was kind of like, you know, I I didn't really know um, what to do. But it was like a church thing. So I was kind of like, okay, well, let's just let these people, you know. It was part of my community service that I I kind of felt okay about helping them. But definitely it was... I I knew I was, this was right before I moved to San Diego too. So I knew that I wasn't going to have to help them forever. So I knew that like, once I moved, I was going to cut ties. So yeah, but what I did have to put up with, you know, and like, they were mostly nice most of the time, but there were times when they were like mad at me about stuff or whatever. They were saying that I was always in a bad mood and like seemed grumpy or whatever. And like, I, I was like, I didn't really like being with them, uh, after a certain point, it just became a chore that was coming out of my wallet, and, you know, um, you know, I felt like it was a little bit inconvenient, and we didn't really have a lot in common, um, and they lied a lot, like, they would, and one of them said that the other one stole their money, and there was all this, like, drama with, like, whose kids were whose and all this other stuff like I was just like I don't need to be around this but um I mean I I don't know if they were really friends to be honest I would say they were part of a church congregation that I was a part of and I tried to be friends with them but that was not healthy and I knew that I wasn't gonna sustain that and um so I kind of opted out once I moved I was like I don't need to talk to these people anymore um because you know there was no need like I don't I don't need that in my life um but yeah I've known people like that that I've hung out with I'm not saying that all homeless people are like that just these specific people were that way um and it was really not okay um because they were doing all kinds of stuff they were starting all kinds of drama and people were kind of bending over backwards for them giving them money and then they'd like spend it all and people were like you need to learn how to budget you know like They'd be asking for more money. Like, we ran out of money. It's like somebody just gave you money, you know? Like, you can't say that you ran out. Um, But, yeah, there was all this stuff happening, and I don't really know. Like, I, um, I don't really know. Like, I feel like it's, um it's kind of a lot to try to manage um, to try to manage, you know, how we feel Um, if we don't feel like we can kind of do the things that we want to do. Like, I feel like maybe it's a human thing. Maybe it's just because I live in, like, a capitalistic society in the U.S. Uh, But I do think it's it's hard to look around and see that see if you aren't really able to kind of afford the things you want to afford um that can be hard and I'm not talking about like overspending on stuff like but even if it's like like I'm going out way less than what I prefer to do but if I wanted to go out tonight I could you know if I wanted to go out every weekend night I could but you know i'm also very like you know i've i've you know i've definitely worked towards cultivating some really good relationships and it's the hard thing for me is that i'm not able to see a lot of the people that i want to see very easily like there are people that i want to see locally too but there aren't that many of them there are more people that i want to see that live a little out of the way like i think my closest friend that lives a little out of the way, lives like an hour away. And so there's a lot of people that I don't really get to see as much as I'd like to see. Um, But yeah, like, it's hard. Like, it's hard to be like, oh, I can't see anybody, you know, that I really want to see. It's not really so much about spending money. But for me, whenever I want to see certain people, it costs a lot of money. It costs me a lot of money to do stuff. And so, yeah, I don't really want to Um, get too into something, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like, I want to be able to see certain people. Um, But I I find it hard, but it's like, I can still get there. It's not something that I'm not capable of obtaining. It just takes a lot of patience to do it in the way that I want to do it. Because if I wanted to live with roommates again, I could totally do that right now but I really don't want to do that because because no thank you um but yeah I I don't know if I have too much more to say really I know I kind of like went off but I mean I think it's all kind of related you know like thinking about like how we think about the world and you know, how we think about, you know, what what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, Um, you know, why do I feel the way I feel, like, it is definitely a good reminder, you know, to try not to take things personally, so, um, like, yeah, like, I do think that it's, like, a helpful method of thinking. Um, it's a, um, it's maybe something I've heard, but it's, like, it's basically, like, challenging the kind of stuff that comes to mind, like, either if it's coming from someone else saying it, or from our own selves saying it inside of our own minds, like, just kind of challenging it a little bit more, um, yeah, but I don't know, like, I think, Maybe, maybe it's kind of possible um, the, to kind of try to see um, where we can go with things. But yeah, guys, I mean, that's it for that chapter. Um, we're going to be going into the third agreement next. Mm. And with that, thanks for listening.